When you watch, when you stream, when you scroll, you get a team of journalists vetting each story, asking tough questions, and delivering in-depth information so Alaskans stay informed. That's Alaska's news source. But that's not to say that a, that a building that's regularly occupied that fits this, these, this criteria could suffer a collapse. The heavy load from record snow, another roof caves in as hundreds of building owners get a warning letter about the danger they may be facing. And temperatures are dropping to the lowest levels seen here in about seven years. I'll show you how cold it gets and how long. An update on the trial that starts next week for a man accused of murdering two Alaska Native women. Rebecca Palsha has a look ahead tonight. And later on, executives from social media companies speak to Congress while lawmakers demand protections for children online. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Good evening, everyone. As temperatures across Alaska drop even lower as we near the end of the week, the winter weather is taking its toll. We have team coverage tonight to talk about the extreme wind chill and how it's impacting different areas of the state, including here at Anchorage, where yet another roof has collapsed. We'll head first now to Melissa Fry for the latest on that cold air moving in. Melissa? Yeah, Mike, it's been about seven years since we've seen temperatures as cold as they will be even without the wind chill uh, here across South Central over the next couple of days. I want to show you current conditions right now. Crystal clear skies, still even a little bit of daylight at this hour, but the temperature now down to nine below zero. Uh, fortunately, we do have calm winds here for the moment, but even colder as you head closer to downtown east side up into Eagle River, 11 below currently at this hour, and those temperatures well below zero in the valley. Wasilla, you're currently at 16 below zero. Taltakitna down to 19 below. Also seeing sub-zero temperatures in Kenai under those clear skies. Now this cold air, which has been across the interior and the western side of the state for more than a week, is now going to spread further south and further east. All of the areas that you see highlighted in white are showing temperatures that will likely be close to 20 below zero here in the coming days. So again, extreme Extreme cold through the end of the week, not starting to warm up until we get into the weekend. So tonight, Anchorage Bowl, you need to be prepared for temperatures of 15 to 20 below zero. And tomorrow, we're going to struggle to even get above zero during the day, even with those clear, dry conditions. And again, temperatures will continue to fall through the end of the week. I'll have those details in that full seven day here in a few minutes. All right, we'll see you then, Melissa. Thanks. Another Anchorage roof collapse today is renewing the call for business owners to shovel off the snow. No. Lauren Maxwell is at the scene of the latest incident at Old Seward and 74th Avenue. Lauren? Well, the good news is no one was hurt when this roof came down at about 1130 this morning, but this is actually a two-unit building. There is a business on the other side called Safe and Sound, and there were people inside when it happened. Now, this is also the kind of construction that the municipality says is the most dangerous, the most likely to have a roof failure. And today, they sent out letters to property owners to let them know. Wednesday's collapse is one of six that have happened with commercial buildings so far this winter. The city's building department says five had similar construction. Flat roofs, wooded trusses with metal plates combined with lots of snow. Given the high percentage of distress that we're finding in these trusses, we felt prudent that we needed to, to step up the message. I am going to go over to 5401 Cordova. 
City officials have spent the last few weeks pouring through property records and looking at Google Earth images, trying to determine how many buildings in Anchorage fit the dangerous profile. They suspect it's probably in the hundreds. On Wednesday, they mailed out more than a thousand letters to property owners they believe could be at risk, asking them to check the construction of their roofs and letting them know the issue is serious. I don't think we've heard anybody say yet that, that there were any signs that anything was wrong. The city says if buildings fit the profile and they have not been shoveled, no one should be inside until the roof is clear. When these things go, they, they generally go within seconds and, th and there won't be time to get out. By the time the, th the thing starts collapsing, don't count that you will have time to get out. Now, in the letter that they sent to property owners at risk, they do specify several steps that people can take to address the situation. But at this point, it isn't mandatory. They're hoping that people will cooperate voluntarily because they say it could be a matter of life and death. Mike, back to you. All right, thank you, Lauren. Colder temperatures in that heavy snowfall season have kept the local heating system repair company busy this season. Employees telling us today they've gotten around 600 more calls in the past two weeks. Rob Merchant at Moore Heating, Air Conditioning, Fireplace says that's linked to the negative temperatures we've seen. Merchant says his team has received a lot of emergency calls from people with no heat or hot water. In addition, many people have also called about freeze-ups in their homes and humidity issues. In order to help reduce heating struggles, Merchant recommends people remove all snow and debris from around their house vents and inside their home keep the temperature at a set rate. When the temperatures get this low, we recommend not uh, setting back your thermostat at night and just keep it at one temperature all day long. When, when it's this cold out, it takes too long to recover. Merchant also recommends people reach out as soon as possible if they encounter issues with their heat and they say have a safe backup heating source ready. You can get instant information on changing winter weather conditions from our entire weather team by downloading the free Alaska Weather Source app from your favorite app store. Well, the trial for a man accused of brutally murdering and taking videos and photos of the deaths of two Alaska Native women begins next week. Investigative reporter Rebecca Palsha has an update tonight. This morning, his defense attorney picked away at statements Brian Smith made to police back in 2019, hoping to get parts of those statements ruled inadmissible. Also at issue were suggestions by the defense that the Department of Corrections was recording or listening to conversations and reading letters between Smith and his attorney and Smith and his wife. Please rise. This begins what is expected to be a three or four week trial. Mr. Smith, are you on the phone? Yes, I'm here. Brian Smith listening on the phone from prison as accused of killing Veronica Abuchuk and Kathleen Henry. Can I say something, please? No, Brian, unless it's about, um, you know, moving to another phone again, don't say anything. Your, to your attorney right. will have an ample opportunity after talking with you to make whatever arguments you think need to be made about. Authorities allege Smith tortured and killed Henry at an Anchorage hotel room before dumping her body along the Seward Highway. Police say Smith admitted to killing a bootchuck and the medical examiner confirmed. A skull found with a gunshot wound along the Glen Highway belonged to her. But there are many things Smith told police. And so while the jury might be able to hear Mr. Smith saying it, they can't hear the officer saying it. But why not? Some of which his defense attorney tried, mostly unsuccessfully, 
to get thrown out. He went on the interview to say, you know, that was just a fantasy. I never did that. And he directly denies it later on in the interrogation. Monday and Tuesday, prospective jurors report to court. And I exceeded my expectations. We've got 50 people coming in Monday at 830. So uh, that I didn't think I'd, I'd get that. We've got another 39 or so coming in at 8.30 on Tuesday. An instruction that says the video is the best evidence or something like that. Prosecutor Brittany Dunlap um, noted that according to their responses, okay, virtually none of the prospective jurors know any details about the case. Now, regarding the defense claims that Department of Corrections staffers might be spying on the defendant's calls with attorneys, a DOC official told the judge no one is listening to recording or reading any of Smith's communications with his lawyers. All right, thanks, Rebecca. If you have a tip for our investigative team, you can email us at twoinvestigates at ktuu.com or call us at 833-907-TIPS. You can find details in all of our investigative reports at alaskasnewsource.com. Spokesperson for Governor Dunleavy tells Alaska's News Source tonight he's still open to increasing per-student funding. That comes after our political reporter Steve Kirch told us the governor had strong words during last night's State of the State address for that funding formula, known as the base student allocation. When I talked to a spokesperson for Governor Dunleavy today, he says the governor is not opposed to increasing the base student allocation. But he says the governor still stands by his comment that he wants to see a comprehensive education package. Now, this statement comes after the governor said this last night. For far too long, the drumbeat for more money in the BSA has drowned out nearly every other conversation. While a no-dollar amount was attached to the governor's BSA statement, he continued talking about charter schools and teacher bonuses. Both of those priorities are included in a House education package, but also includes increasing the per-student funding by $300, an amount the House minority and a bipartisan Senate majority say should be more. The education package being supported by the mostly Republican House majority is yet to be heard on the House floor. I think if you look at the public charter schools and you see how successful they are, there's no reason why the neighborhood brick and mortar schools can't be the same. So I think it sets the standard and I think everybody should get behind it so we can be the same across the board in the state. Well, the majority's in control of this bill, so it's up to them on when they want to move this forward. But uh, I would certainly join them in their comments early in the session that we need to take care of education funding now, get it out of the way so we can move on to the many other pressing issues before the legislature. Now, additionally, the spokesperson for the governor said that the governor will not make a comment on what he thinks the BSA should be set at. He feels that's for the legislature to decide. Furthermore, he said the governor will not comment on the BSA amount until he sees a final bill on his desk. Reporting from Juno, Steve Kirch, Alaska's News Source. Still ahead tonight, the United States Submarine Veterans Organization has organized memorials for naval veterans lost in battle for the United States. Carly Schreck brings us to Jay Bear to learn more. You're watching Alaska's News Source. In the United States Navy's history, a total of 65 submarines have been lost the majority of those during the Second World War. And as part of a project launched by the United States Submarine Veterans Organization, each state was selected to memorialize the lost vessels in the world's deadliest fight. Charlie Shrek attended Alaska's ceremony last week and brings us this week's Inside the Gates. On January 24th, 1942, submarine USS S-26 
was rammed by USS Sturdy PC-460 at night in the Gulf of Panama. Of the 52 naval submarines lost during World War II, those aboard the USS S-26 were remembered in a ceremony this month on J-Bear. S-26, only survivors were three men, her commanding officer, executive officer, and a lookout. The mournful low tone of the bell echoed through the hallways of the Naval Reserve Center last Wednesday. Well, the bells uh, are a traditional part of the naval ceremonies, and they date back to lost times when aboard ship um, there were no modern communication systems. So the bells were used to signify the uh, changing of the watches, the time of day. They were also used to signal in foggy and uh, inclement weather. Sailors honoring those whose watch came before them. I think at the end of the day when it comes to honoring past shipmates, I mean, that's a lot of what uh, drives the motivation, the camaraderie of the service in general. Gathered were members of the Alaska Naval Militia and the Naval Reserve, taking a moment to reflect and honor past service. This is a, an opportunity to remember the people we, you know, that we were standing on their shoulders. They made us what we are today, and they, they had to watch before us. So it, it's a good transition, and it's also good for the upcoming uh, sailors and our shipmates to see that we support the memory of the people who uh, worked hard and, and gave the ultimate sacrifice before us. Saluting those now on eternal patrol. Inside the gates of J-Bear, Carly Shrek, Alaska's news source. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's news source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska News Source app.